Welcome to the Cherry Picker, the horror movie podcast where we like to kill people, but not really. I'm your host, Zach Cherry, and with me as always is... You know, it's a blur. I mean, not complete amnesia. I mean, I remember Sister Mary Margaret puking in church and Betsy Riley saying it was morning sickness. And I remember the time I forgot to wear my underpants to school and the name of the boy who remembered was Ricky Friedberg. He's dead now. But last night, complete blur. Couldn't you just die? Eddie of Edward is Truth. A blur. Um, you're, <laughs> you're doing one of those long intros. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. This, From memory. <laughs> very good. This is another episode of the Cherry Picker After Dark, our monthly Patreon exclusive episode. So if you are tuning in on YouTube or whatever your podcast streaming platform is, just know that this is a preview. And you can get access to the full episode by subscribing to my Patreon at the Freddy Krueger tier. And that will also get you access to all past episodes of the Cherry Picker After Dark and then some. You can subscribe by going to www.patreon.com slash Zach Cherry, Z-A-C-K-C-H-E-R-R-Y. And all contributions are greatly appreciated and go a long way towards making this podcast a weekly occurrence. With that said, what are we talking about this month, Edward? Batman Returns, Zach Cherry. (laughs) Which was released June 16th or 19th. (laughs) He said begrudgingly. (laughs) Begrudgingly. I couldn't get a definite release date, but it was June of 1992. (laughs) Uh, and the reason we're doing this uh, for this month's Cherry Pick After Dark, two reasons, because this is a Christmas movie. This is my absolute favorite Christmas movie. And this is also very horror adjacent because uh, yeah. you won't find us talking about superhero movies ever. We're not we're not talking about Batman Returns as a superhero movie. We're talking about it as a horror movie. Um, a, 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 a horror and a Christmas movie that was released in June of all of all times out of the year. Summer blockbuster time, you know, yeah. like they do. Yeah. Like they do. And, okay, so flashback to 1992. Well, we were both alive. Um, did mm-hmm. you see this theatrically? Do you remember? Oh, I, I remember the first time I saw the trailer on like a VHS tape prior to it. And I was so excited because it was the first inkling I had. We all wanted there to be a second Batman movie after the first one. And I remember we all meaning just everyone, but I remember, uh, seeing that trailer. It was the begin. It was ahead of that. This movie nobody remembers called Curly Sue. And I remember that's the first time I saw Danny DeVito in that makeup and I didn't know it was Danny DeVito. So I was just kind of like, oh, they didn't cast Danny DeVito as the Penguin. And then I saw his name and I'm like, oh, my God. And then I saw um, Michelle Pfeiffer giving this peal of kind of like wicked laughter on the bed that is not in the movie. Um, and I was kind of like, oh, who's that playing Catwoman? Because I loved Catwoman. And my mom said, that's Isabeau from Lady Hawk. And I loved the movie Lady Hawk, directed by Richard Donner. First time I ever saw Michelle Pfeiffer, thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world and was just enchanted by her. Saw her in Greece too. Then I find out she's playing, and I loved her in that. And then I saw, I find out she's playing Catwoman. It's like, yeah. <laughs> gay head explosion. Well, we, like, I didn't recognize any of them. We love our Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, we, we yeah. did recently What Lies Beneath, uh, for one of our regular episodes. Do, have we covered another yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer movie? 
Uh, as Not of yet. yet. Okay. Well, no, there, there's more. Say, there's yeah. more. There's more to yeah, come. Yeah, there are. Uh, but <laughs> she, yeah, she is a huge part of this movie and, and why this is such a huge, um, uh, like just a very special thing within the LGBT community. Uh, because this is like when I when I just think back to like just things that are like gay and campy and yeah. ho- and horror adjacent, it's like Batman Returns mm-hmm. always uh, comes to mind. I don't remember the trailer though, um, which oh, is God. which is nice because like back in those days, like trailers were like you said, like they they would be before whatever the movie was. You don't mm-hmm. see them obviously like on the internet like we do. Nowadays, where no. you can scrutinize everything, like the, the internet has just ruined everything. I mean, it's brought us to you, <laughs> but <laughs> nice, but, nice but take back. that take yes. take take that how you will. But it's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in in other ways, it's just it's ruined so much uh, because they know what we mean. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I should have watched the trailer uh, before this just to just to see what like 1992 promotional Batman Returns shit would have been. Cause all my memory mm-hmm. of Batman Returns uh, just in terms yeah. of marketing and stuff was the McDonald's happy meals. Yeah. And yeah. I had yeah. all four, I wish I still had them cause I would have like presented them here for the video. Yeah. And just seemed, like, Look at all them. I, re- I distinctly remember them cause there was the four little cars yes. of, the whatever was in the movie there was like the penguin one which was his yellow rubber ducky it wasn't rubber but it was just like the thing and it had like a spinning umbrella on the front or something mine didn't yeah mine wasn't the duck they put him in something yellow but it wasn't the duck but there was a spinning umbrella in the front of it so they yeah. created a vehicle for him when they didn't need so, to yeah something had like, like a little well, purple car with a black cat tail that would wag the, yeah when you pushed it forward and batman yeah. was like the speeding missile thing that you just like push his uh, head down and it would like wind it up <laughs> I didn't and then you release that one. it. No. I only had and the then they just had the Catwoman. And then they just oh. had a generic Batmobile that had no character head on it. And I think you just like you okay. just pulled it backwards to like rev it up and then like let it go. Uh, right. Um, and I had one of those from the first movie, but I didn't I didn't get the McDonald's version no, I, for this one. I had all four. Whenever McDonald's I mean, I don't know what they do nowadays. I don't go to McDonald's enough, but no. I'm sure what whatever the shit they've got nowadays is nowhere near as cool as how it was back in the nineties. Like not at all. When Hercules came out, like the Disney Hercules, <laughs> they had those collectible plates. I mm-hmm. bought every single one. Like that was like my <laughs> my fine china. <laughs> Just like, oh, company's coming over. Let's get out the Hercules plates. They had the Batman mugs. I don't think that for this movie, but for Batman Forever, those glass yeah. mugs. Like just like all these like really cool like collectible things made of glass. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do shit like that anymore. No, um, no. Or maybe just like whatever is out now is just of no interest to like old people like us. So we're just like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it would catch my eye. I'm around McDonald's enough. And I feel like, I mean, the only time I ever see anything advertised that really does kind of hook me. And even then I'm like, it's not like it was. Or the Halloween buckets, you know, with like the mm. witch face and the ghost face and the jack-o'-lantern and the not ghost Basically, face. Basically, but you know, just, I understand. Yeah, it was like the silver shamrock, but as like, uh, yeah, <laughs> as, as <laughs> but little yeah. Happy Meal buckets that you yeah, can carry. And I still yeah. don't like them because they don't have the little hats like they used to. Those used to rock. I and the the thing that was so baffling to me, like watching Batman Returns now, just to to yeah. see this movie, like 
this was there was McDonald's toys based on this movie because this yeah. is not like an innocent children's movie like this is a pretty fucked up movie um and i remember i distinctly remember seeing it in the theater uh because my stepfather at the time took me and i guess i would have been seven um Mm. and he was being all critical because he was just like this is not a kid's movie like fuck off um but he's like this is not a kid's movie but i guess he was more so um judgy towards there was like uh some adults there who brought like a four-year-old or something. So it's just like a little mm-hmm. bit younger than me, but he's just like, this is not the kind of movie that you bring a four-year-old to. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and of course, like me huge... being like, like seven, I just saw them just like, wow, like right. Batman returns. Like there's Catwoman. Like it, I, I didn't see, like I looked past like all like the, like the questionable things or the more like adult themed dialogue or 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 violence in it and just saw like oh my god it's my favorite thing on this on the big screen um so it's it's always interesting to to see like the way that adults view movies versus the way that children view movies because all the things that adults are like probably so afraid of the the kids don't even see it anyway right well because also (laughs) i mean it went viral uh, a couple times, I, every now and then it cycles back into my, um, like my Instagram feed or whatever. And it, it's this clip from a talk show speaking out against this movie. And it's like a panel of parents, but they always focus on this one kid, this moment with this one kid who must be like 11 years old or something. Mm-hmm. So they're saying like, I was very offended by this movie because it's against kids and it's against Christmas and it's, 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 it hurts kid you know like he's just and i'm like okay either somebody told you to say all of this or you're saying exactly what you think your parents you know whatever's going to make your parents proud like yeah. you're either a huge people please either way you're a huge people pleaser like almost to a pathological degree and th- i i there's a part of me that kind of hopes <laughs> mm. <laughs> that School, school. The next day, maybe the playground wasn't such a you know easy place for him to be. <laughs> I don't advocate oh. bullying, but I'm just like, I don't know. I, I if I would have known that kid, it's like, oh, so that's who you are. You're, you know, you're gonna, you're against kids, buddy. The rest of us are all just trying to have a good time and show our parents this doesn't have the effect you think it's having on us. We know it's make believe. We. Can we can relate to things that are darker than maybe you know you understand? Maybe you don't understand some of the things you've shared with us, like your Grimm's fairy tales and how dark that shit can loom. When you know you're talking about like old women being pushed into ovens and shit, like you know, like <laughs> we have a pretty high barometer. We have a higher one than you think, or yeah. we're just ignorant and we just have no idea how dark it is because our our minds don't stretch that far. Either way, yeah. we can handle it. We're we're okay. Stop with the canvassing. And I mean, it's Ugh. Tim Burton, so. What what did you expect? But that's another thing because it's like even watching this last night. Yeah, I was like, they don't make superhero movies like. I mean, they don't make movies like this anymore. Uh, yeah. Like, let alone like a, like a superhero movie. Um, but I think like it just in terms of Batman. Like I said, like this is my favorite one just because it's it's so ridiculous. Like there is there's no storyline to this movie. It's just a lot of nonsense. <laughs> There, this, it, no, really, come on. Like, do you, do you agree? I mean, this is the thing. Uh, 
I, to an extent, I agree. Like, I can follow it, but at the same time, like, I, I have to hand it to you, even though Daniel Waters is credited as the screenwriter, uh, and, and rightly so, like, his signature is, you know, kind of across it enough for, mm-hmm. it, for it to, you know, qualify as a Daniel Waters script. There have been so many different incarnations of this script, as there are, as there were and are with so many Hollywood films at this level, mm-hmm. where they just keep passing through hands and passing through hands and to the point where there are things, it, it, you wish you could watch a, a, a screenwriter commentary for every one of those movies so they could just identify, I wrote that. I didn't write that, you know, like, so the, but the thing is the, I find the incongruity, is that, is that a word or the incongruous nature of the storytelling, the nonlinear kind of like (laughs) path that they take. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen it so many times that I, I, and I've digested it so many times that I almost don't need things to happen. I just kind of react to what I see. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, I'm not like, where's the story? What is this yeah. even about? No, no that's, that's right. Wow, if I, yeah, if, if, if something like this came out nowadays, like I would probably be super critical and just been like, well, what the fuck? Like, what is, what is this all about? <laughs> but probably like, this is absolutely a movie that I have nostalgia for. Um, yeah. And I can admit that like, there are like, you know, when people criticize me for being nostalgic for things like the first two screen movies, I'm like, no, Oh, those are really good movies. Uh, whereas yeah. this, like, I fucking love this movie. There are points in it where I'm just like, this isn't necessarily good, but I, but I have that nostalgia for it that I will defend it with my with sure. my very life. Um, now, you you mentioned the name Daniel Waters, mm-hmm. which is a name that I didn't know existed until yesterday when I looked it up because I was wondering like who did write this. Um, sure. And there, the the credits, uh, like the I guess the the biggest credit that I saw that I could, like I guess correlate to this or just know what the hell it was was Heather's, uh, yes. from from eighty nine I believe is when that came out. Um, eighty eight, eighty eight, and you're yeah. like Heather's. It's like the original Mean Girls. Uh, it, it's like the first in the line of like the, the Bean Girls jawbreaker. Uh, I mean, yeah. you could even go back further and start with like All About Eve. You know, I'm sure it goes back <laughs> even, <laughs> even earlier. But into what, each generation, a new one must be born. Exactly. But just because you mentioned <laughs> yeah. the name Daniel Waters, like this is a household name. And I'm, I'm just, you know, assuming that everyone is as ignorant as me. I don't know who that is. So can you please enlighten us? Oh, I mean, uh, everything you'd probably assume about him from watching this movie, like I said, like there's enough him in it uh, that I'm just kind of like, yeah, this feels like Daniel Waters. Like I'm a huge Heather's fan, like fanatic uh, about Heather's and, of course, of this movie. Didn't know it going in that it was the same screenwriter. I just knew I loved both movies. But watching him be interviewed about either one of them, because those are the two titans for me uh, from his screenwriting career. Um, Watching him talk, I'll watch him talk about them anytime. Absolutely anytime, because it's so entertaining. He gives you the dish. He lets you know, you know, who who was who and what Um, they did and what they said. Gay? (laughs) I get a vibe, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I'm, no, that's I wouldn't fair. I mean, like, I, my relationship <laughs> with, with Heathers is not as, as strong as it is, like, with, with Jawbreaker. But I I was definitely getting, like, that um, Courtney Shane moment <laughs> with Penguin <laughs> when he's giving the, the press conference and we get the 
what, 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 what? with oh. Bruce Wayne and his little thing. Like he's just like, right, I right, killed Liz. I killed the tree. Yeah. Deal with it. Oh, it's just you like I played man. this. I played this stinking <laughs> city like a harp from hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which and, sounds absolutely nothing like when he records it in the car. <laughs> and he is shrieking just, those lines. I can just just hear like. Miss Sherwood, fix it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not track. Come on. Um, but all I could think now, and this is something that just like ever like has been ruined for everyone, is like at, at at this point in time, that would never work because people would be like, oh, yeah. AI. Someone someone's like trying to punk him or something. They they'd be like, Oh, that was just rude. Like, get this like intrusive. Uh, audio shit out of here so we can hear like they, they, nobody would turn against penguin uh in a situation right. like that um they they very well might come prepared with their cabbage and tomatoes but <laughs> <laughs> eggs and tomatoes to a speech why yeah. why but yeah no absolutely was it <laughs> eggs because it looked like cabbage he the line is eggs they were okay. they were full-on pitching like heads of lettuce at him because i think they read better on screen and probably easier to clean up for the next setup but yeah. he says eggs in the line yeah as though there were eggs being thrown at him mm. but no i didn't yeah. i i can't see any eggs that's not where my eye goes the tomatoes read more yeah. Any, uh, yeah. Anyway, I know that was not not Heather's, but Jawbreaker. But I was getting, I was getting like Mean Girls, teen movie uh, beats it's like here the and snake. there. It's the snake eating its tail. Without if you don't have Heather's, you don't get Jawbreaker, and if you don't yeah. have either of those movies, you don't get Mean Girls. It's very much you know a domino effect. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the so the the one scene that I've probably seen more than anything, which. Uh, you know, I'll like look up on YouTube and just watch in its full glory uh, every once mm-hmm. in a while is the the Selena Kyle Catwoman transformation. Uh, it's such an iconic scene in movie history and it's there's it's such a <laughs> such a like a, a, an allegory for uh, uh, coming out um, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. any any sort of uh, uh coming out or 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 transformation that that one uh, undergoes but just the everything about it the performance i mean she i mean you know how i hate talking about like anything like oscar oscar wise but michelle pfeiffer in this movie i mean come on this is this is by far her her best performance of her career. Yeah, she gets she, she yeah. gets to do things that nobody knew up until that point she was capable of. Yeah. And that she hasn't really been asked to do all that often since either. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, and I'm sure everybody knows the story that she was not the original choice for the role. Annette Benning was cast, she became pregnant, called up Tim. He was like, Oh, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Sean Young canvassed for the role after losing out to Vicky Vale when she fell off a horse because she was Vicky Vale and then she was training a week before she was supposed to start shooting and she fell off a horse and broke her arm so she couldn't do it anymore. She fell off a second like, horse? I, uh the First horse. What second horse? No, oh, I thought you said she no, she lost out on the Vicky Vale role by falling off a horse, and then she, she didn't off fall a off a horse. Well, Sean Young <laughs> fell off a horse. Yeah, <laughs> for the first Batman movie, the second movie, when she heard Annette Benning was out, she was like, oh, "My opportunity! Like I can reclaim, you yeah. know, like I can play a Batman villainess now, and it's probably even better for me." And she 
strong armed her way into many offices uh, and <laughs> turned everybody off. And <laughs> mm. <laughs> unfortunately, like it was not the way to go. It's like, no, let them come to you. But she thought she'll, she'd do what Catwoman would have done, which is just kind of like wreak havoc on the system, which mm. she was right. I mean, about that, Catwoman would have done that, but would Catwoman have been cast as Catwoman then? Probably not. Um, so I think like, everything uh, worked out uh, for the best. Uh, in, I do in, too. In any event, and Ken, and Michelle Pfeiffer is also the, my favorite Catwoman. I mean, I'm sorry to all the oh, Anne God. Hathaway uh, or Halle Berry <laughs> stands up there. Oh, poor Anne. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she, I, I I love Anne Hathaway. I think she did a great job in that performance, but I honestly don't think she's anyone's favorite Catwoman. Um, I've heard like, people at, at all, you know. She's good yeah. though. I like, I liked what she did with it, but she's not mine either. Um, yeah. and Michelle, like it, it, it's getting harder and harder because they just keep putting incredible actresses in that role. But, um, but Catwoman. Why are I mean, we not I, seeing what Michelle Pfeiffer back as Catwoman? I mean, I know that they're doing all these new iterations and like just like having younger, uh, women playing the part, but I mean, like they brought mm-hmm. Michael Keaton back to play Batman and that bullshit earlier this uh year and yeah all i could think when i was watching that all i could think is like okay i need more of him but i also now need michelle pfeiffer in there as well and you can just get rid of the rest of the movie around it and just like have that movie and it was so crazy that i mean like they heavily used that to to print what was the the flash i don't even remember the flash. yeah yeah yes. they heavily like used um, like Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, that was like the main selling point that you would think like a studio executive would have been like, why are we even making The Flash? Let's just make mm. Batman Returns Returns and let's bring back <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer in there too. And let's just have these characters that are already established and beloved come back for new stories. I mean, do you want to be sad? I mean, it's a rumor, so I, I, it, it I don't know. I, it, it's all hearsay at this point. I'm but fine. what I heard, yeah. I heard tell that had the Flash been more financially successful and made back its return and made a splash and kind of like you know reinvigorated the DC universe the way they were hoping. Yeah. Um, one thing that was waiting to be greenlit was a movie starring Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer as Batman and Catwoman, you know, in their advanced years. But like, you know, what is Gotham like now and what are they like in their particular timeline? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they would have pulled a little from Dark Knight Returns and, you know, other comics and just kind of like created their own kind of mishmash because that's what The Flash was anyway. Anyway, it's not like you said, it's not a comic book we're not doing a superhero podcast (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) but um but but it would have been interesting to see i would have i would have loved to see that too um it's it doesn't make i mean that's why that whole fucking dc thing has just fallen to shambles because they're because those are the, the the decisions that they're making. They're like um, the movie that people want to see is impinged on this movie that people don't really care about, and where it should be the other way around. It's just like if you made this fucking Michael Keaton uh, Michelle Pfeiffer movie, that that success would mean like okay, let's like now do something with this Flash character and we'll have Michael Keaton in mm-hmm. it. Like, it's just everything that they've done from the onset has been backwards from what I've seen. I've Because I barely have seen any of those movies. Uh, mm. But it just it, it's just apparent that people don't know what the fuck they're doing in Hollywood. Well, it's also like, stop making, and this will be like the last thing I say about that, but the, <laughs> stop making it's movies like as if you're... Thing. 
<laughs> as, as if you're like setting off a sprinkler, like stop, you know, just kind of like allowing one movie to encompass like the fates of so many other characters. It's like DC was actually kind of built on a, being a successful movie franchise, at least in its initial debuts. Yeah. Like the first few Superman movies were incredibly financially successful until they weren't. And then the first few Batman movies were incredibly financially successful <laughs> until they weren't. And, and then they just kept reinvigorating it. So just keep making new timelines. You don't have to MCU your dceu like yeah. just make different you know you, you can always I've, bring them together in a movie later but let them exist in their own you know yeah. universes honestly yeah. it, it wasn't until like 2010 or thereabouts that this whole concept of like franchises and all that really came to the forefront because like even this movie back back in the day uh, and this is like 92 this is after an 80s worth of just like Eight Friday the 13th sequels and, and all that. People just wanted to make like oddness to goodness sequels to movies. And that was, and there was no yeah. like plan of just like five years down the line, we're going to do this and there's going to be this and this. It was just, yeah. let's just make a movie because there's a call for it. Like, you know, people want to see this again. So we're going to do it. And there wasn't, there, there wasn't all this business side of it that went into it that, uh, effectively just controlled the 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 quality and the creativity because mm-hmm. so many people had a different idea of what it had to be. This was just, you know, in this case, it was just Tim Burton's vision and mm-hmm. it works yeah. and it's successful. And it's such a, it's such a bombastic fucking shit show <laughs> that, that, you know, there's a reason that it's still relevant um, yeah. uh, 31 years later. Right. And also the, there are so many like studios who were looking at, you know, Marvel and what was happening there and going like, I want that. Let's build a universe. And, you know, so many of those have just like fallen by the wayside already anyway. That's why. But uh, interestingly enough, prior to, um, you know, like that, that kind of 2008, 2009, 2010 benchmark, when that started to kind of like be the trend, um, DC, like, I mean, I've got Smallville right here behind me, like, Smallville is largely like its own thing, but there were a lot of people who were part of the Superman legacy prior to the series who would come in and play other roles and be, you know, so you'd just be like, oh, that's Margot Kidder. Spoilers for Smallville. She she comes on. Or that's Christopher Reeve. Or that's Helen Slater, Supergirl. But she's playing um, uh, Clark Kent's, uh, uh, like, m- mother from when, when she was, La- when, he, when he was Kal-El and she was Lara on Krypton and all that stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> they already had their version of this kind of, like, interlocking, you know, fan reward yeah. but uh yeah but then they decided to start copying marvel like everybody did and you know nothing's been right since do you know what the budget was <laughs> for this movie this movie in particular no it looks I, expensive um, it it well it, what's funny okay i it feels it doesn't expensive. it doesn't I mean, it does and it doesn't because one thing that I love <laughs> uh, about this movie is it's been around long enough that I've seen it through many, many different uh, lenses. Mm-hmm. And one, there was one commentary that was going around for a long time with Kevin Smith and Mark Barnardin watching this movie. And Kevin Smith kept remarking as from a filmmaker's standpoint, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, this is 
this is so small. Um, like he looked at like the tree lighting ceremony in this movie and looked at how many people showed up for it. And if you're just thinking like, <laughs> oh, how many actors we need? Like, that's a lot of people. That's about 50 people. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if you think about it in relation to like, what would it be like if it were the tree lighting at Radio City Music Hall, you know, like yeah. in New York around Christmas time, if that same cr- amount of people in Gotham in this movie showed up at Radio City Music Hall, it would be considered a failure. They'd be like, wow, I guess we better just stop lighting the tree. No one is here looking at this thing. I definitely <laughs> noticed never a the, large crowd. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> noticed that at the, like the first one where it's just like Gotham yeah. City and they're just like is is this like the the inauguration turnout? Um but the <laughs> I mean those are extras. Like ex, extras are not like expensive. It's but like no. there's everything in this movie is a set. Like there's so many sets in this movie. That's where I'm just seeing like the money has gone into, yeah. um, like they like created this whole fucking zoo essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, that's and I don't. There's parts of it I'm like, uh, uh, what is a what is a miniature and what is like the actual set as well? Because there's certain there's certain parts where like the camera, what it's doing, it's just like there's no way that this is mm-hmm. like a, a full. Uh, environment but right. it's expensive like it looks expensive for its day mm-hmm. for sure like you can watch any movie now that was made 31 years ago and you can you can be like well that that effect didn't hold up or that didn't hold up um but it just it just has that expensive vibe it's got like i guess like the caliber of actors that are involved as well like because that's like a huge yes. thing like these these people were not expensive were not cheap to have in this movie mm-hmm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Cause it was like, this was one of those movies. Like I, like you even have the poster or a poster behind your head there or like the Catwoman one, but like, yeah. But even then it was just like the three heads on there and, and just like mm-hmm. Keaton DeVito Pfeiffer. Um, mm-hmm. the, and the bat, just the being cat a, and the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> being like a Tim Burton it, yeah. movie, Danny Elfman, the score, like yes. that, uh, which is one of the best scores. I know the score mm-hmm. from front to back, as well as I know, like the lines from this movie. Yeah. Like I could literally <laughs> just recite the the, <laughs> the score for you with the lines. Interstitial. In fact, actually, you were talking about uh, Selena Transforms, which is probably my favorite track uh, from this entire score. But yeah. what I love about it. Um, And the reason I know I love it is because I saw this movie when I was 12 and I remember uh, getting a hold of the score as soon as I could, like after, and I even had, I didn't even have a CD player yet. So I got the audio cassette and I remember you had to rewind, you know, (laughs) and it would take time. This new generation, you will never know the gratification of like rewinding something to cue it back up to a song you want to hear hitting stop and play and it starts right at the song you never had to work for it you never had to no it it. it was such a (laughs) it was such so gratifying it was like oh i did it you know you can't explain it to people now who are just kind of like going on shuffle and you know hitting the back button and whatever you know like it it, it just doesn't read um anyway i didn't realize that they had the scores available like that on on cassette like i know that there was like soundtracks yeah. for, i don't know if this movie had a soundtrack uh i know that no Batman... there was only one song really i mean they didn't release a soundtrack that had like the the instrumental very kinky girl <laughs> playing at the yeah. max parade ball or anything like like there's yeah. not that much or we wish you a merry christmas like i mean it's all well it wasn't until like the schumacher movies where they had like the, the... yes because well that was the one where well, i 
I remember the Seal song, which, um, yeah. like, I don't even know if anyone actually knows the lyrics to it, but just the, you know, the... Kiss from uh, a Rose. Ba-da-da, yeah, but I have no fucking idea what he's saying. But there was that, there was, like, a U2 song. Like, it was just, like, chock full of, like, everything. Because, I mean, that yeah. was, like, getting into the mid-90s where, you know, they were really starting to rev up the the MTV generation again. Sure, but the first one had uh, a soundtrack and uh, a score uh, uh, album by that Prince. You play. The, yeah, there yeah. was Prince, and then there was Danny Elfman's album, and they were two. You can always tell the difference because <laughs> Prince got the good like uh, moniker, the Batman's, the, you know, like uh, chest plate with the bat signal in it, and then you, the Danny Elfman score always had like the moon with the little uh, 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 bat wing flying up into the moon, mm. like with the clouds beneath it. That was the cover for that. I remember Whoa. it very vividly, obviously. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the Danny Elfman theme here is just is remarkable. And it's it's on par oh, with, like, like, it sounds like a horror movie score. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And actually, I, I can't remember. We might have mentioned this in the Scream 2 episode because Danny Elfman provides the music right. for the the Cassandra aria. So in the middle of the movie yes. when she's, you know, just like fate has its vengeful eye cast upon me mm-hmm. or all that bullshit. That's all Danny Elfman. And even like listening to that, just like this sounds very Batman Returns right now. Uh-huh. The choral voices. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> But I remember um, so, uh, Selena Transforms. I remember whenever I would replay it, I memorized. By the time I got the VHS, I remember I memorized the staging. And I could do it to this day. Like, I can do the staging of Selena tearing up her apartment, laying there with the cats, you know, going around her and, like, nipping at her fingers and, like, knowing when the shot, like, reaches her eyes, doing that flutter thing. Which also, so, I, ah, Michelle Pfeiffer, I love that... <laughs> That was something she, it, like, they didn't know she could do that. But she just kind of said, Tim, I can do this thing. It's, you know, like one of these weird little quirks. You know, some people have strange talents. She's like, I can do this thing with my eyes. And he, she showed him and he was like, oh, do that. So she laid down and she did it yeah. into the camera. And it, it only builds. Everything about that entire sequence is about swelling, like building to like a huge crescendo and then kind of releasing and then crescending or ascending again Mm -hmm. in intensity. And then just kind of like this glorious weaving of like my mom, I watched it for this particular screening with my mom who hadn't seen it in ages. And that sequence was the one she really responded to. By the time we got to the end of it, where she comes in and says the infamous line, I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel mm, so much yummier. Anyway, that is going to be it for the Cherry Picker After Dark preview. Uh, If you would like to watch the full episode, head over to my Patreon and uh, subscribe there. You will get... uh, access to all of the other episodes of our Cherry Picker After Dark, and it is greatly appreciated. So thank you very much for watching, and we will be right back. Mm-hmm.